the welcome, loving embrace of heat. Let's warm up by the fire, shall we? On this episode of the Gratitude Journal Podcast. This is the Gratitude Journal Podcast. Welcome back, my grateful friends, to another episode of the Gratitude Journal Podcast. Matthew here in the uh, comfort, the warm comfort, I should say, more on that in a bit, of the basement lair as I stare up at the glass block windows, uh, most of which I can't see on the other side of the glass block windows. If you have glass block, you know what I'm talking about. But I can tell that it's kind of wintry outside still. Did my lunchtime walk, and I can assure you that what I'm seeing outside is definitely um, verifiable by uh, this afternoon's earlier walk. It's chilly. However, after a big round of first snow, accumulating snow this year, things are beginning to uh, dry out on the sidewalk so you can walk. And um, it is actually doable. I mean, you have to, in this weather, our weather here in Northeast Ohio, you can't, you can't give over to it if it's possible. Now, I don't advocating putting your safety in jeopardy. Uh, if you have, uh, you know, breathing problems, sometimes the cold air can affect you. If you uh, have problems where you are just really not comfortable walking because of ice and slippery conditions, I certainly don't advocate that. But this thing where, and sometimes, admittedly, my better half is sometimes guilty, will say, yeah, it's cold outside. I should have got a walk in. Ah, you know, you can't let the cold get in the way. You have to bundle up against the elements and at least not be a sedentary person. And so I try not to do that. I'm not always successful, but that's my goal. But it is definitely one of those chilly days, kind of a bone chilling cold. But it's I'm grateful that it's not necessarily wet. There's no snow falling. There's no rain falling. I can't say that 48 hours ago. It was pretty miserable. In fact, I was out driving, getting a few things uh, at one of the local stores, and uh, the driving was actually fairly treacherous. But I'm thankful that it's not snowing today, and that's all we really care about here in Northeast Ohio is what is happening <laughs> right now weather-wise. Hopefully, you are safe and you are warm. And you are at least at least as comfortable as you can be in the midst of a pandemic. We're all sort of in a glow about some of the vaccine news that looks to be on the horizon. Now, if you're one of those people who don't advocate getting a vaccine, okay, that's your decision. Uh, I don't happen to feel that way. I'll take whatever vaccine they give me as I just got my flu shot yesterday. So I will do it and I'm looking forward to it. And I think this is all good news. I'm, I'm, I'm sniffing. I'm trying to smell because my better half has been on this Christmas cookie tear lately. It's, it's really kind of odd and exciting and has been rather rare over the past, I'll say six to seven years where, you know, Donna just really hasn't been in the cookie making spirit. And I am a certifiable cookie monster. In fact, if there was a club, I might even have like a position of authority in that club. I mean, I love cookies so much. It's not even funny. And lately 
she's been on this Christmas cookie baking tear, and it's been absolutely wonderful. And I think what happens, and she would admittedly maybe chuckle over this, in the midst of this Alzheimer's situation that we're both trying to come to grips with and we're trying to understand, what sometimes happens is that Donna will get sort of locked in on something. And sometimes if it's if it's something that isn't particularly appealing to me, well, I just want to scream my head off because really, are you still talking about that? I mean, I know I need to replace the wastebasket that's broken. Okay, for the 19th time, all right? I mean, it was just, it gets kind of pounded in your head. And even she says, you know what, did I just say that? And I'll say, yes, yes, you did. But one of the things that she's been sort of focused on is the cookie situation. And of course, I've been very quick to say, nah, you don't have to make any cookies. That's okay. You know, uh, you have things to do and I have things to do and and we don't have to do that. And so, no, I want to make cookies. So she's looking for her cookie stamper things that she couldn't find, which sent me out to the store the other night to find Christmas cookie cutout things. Those are hard to find, by the way. And most people have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. But for me, all I had in my mind was the sumptuous iced cookie, which would remind me so much of home when my mom would just make just tons and tons of Christmas cookies. I mean, there's no wonder I gained like 12 pounds over the holidays because it's really all I did was eat cookies. So our house has been just filled with the sumptuous aroma of Christmas cooking and Christmas baking. And in the midst of a pandemic and you're trying to stay safe, what else is there to do except enjoy a quality ale and eat Christmas cookies? I really can't think of a better thing to surround myself with, to be honest. Before I met Donna, I was, um, I was kind of in a bad way. And really, I was in sort of a bad way when it came to credit cards. I was teaching at a business college. And this is uh, at the time when you could be a teacher at an institution of higher learning. But in some of these institutions of higher learning that were privately owned, it did not require an advanced degree. So I did not have an advanced degree. I still do not have an advanced degree. But I had a degree nonetheless, which enabled me to teach at this business college. And as I certainly found out early on, many teachers, I can't say this happens with all teachers, but many teachers don't make a whole lot of money teaching. They obviously do it for the love of what they do. And there are many times throughout my early years of living by myself in an apartment, I was quite possibly the worst money manager that you could ever be. In fact, if you looked in the dictionary under the words bad money manager, more than likely it would have my ugly mug next to that excerpt because I was really pretty poor about managing money. In fact, so poor that when it came time to pay the bills, normally I would not have enough money because to me, the important things were, you know, beer, going out, gas for the car, cigarettes, I smoked then, and just all of the necessities. I saw those as necessities. But the bills that would come in, I basically saw them as, well, I can pay some of them and I just don't have enough money to pay all of them. So when I get the bill the next month, they'll just have like a double thing on it, a double month's payment, and then I'll worry about that in a month. Or I would say, you know what? I have $19. I don't have $41. 
I'll just send a check for $19. And then, of course, I would invariably get a letter from that institution saying, uh, you still owe us X amount of dollars, or we're going to tack on a late fee, or I think you know the whole story. But needless to say, I was not a very good manager of money. And what I would do many times is, and I'm not even sure that drugstores do this anymore, but I would take my pile of bills that I could afford and I would write out the checks that I could afford to write. And then I would take the checks down to the drugstore. And rather than spending the money on a stamp, I would just go to the drugstore and pay these bills. And like they would let you pay like certain utility bills and and other kinds of bills. And so when I would go down to this drugstore in the Belden Village area, it was called Finney's Drugs. And working behind the counter at Finney's Drugs was this delightfully shy girl named Mary. And I was just deeply attracted to this girl. And in fact, I wanted more bills so that I could go down to Finney's Drugs and write the checks so that I could send the bills out at Finney's Drugs just so I could try to get this Mary to speak with me. So one day I got this heating bill and it was a fairly large heating bill. And I decided in my infinite financial wisdom that I was really only going to pay the amount of the bill that I could afford because I needed to get cigarettes and I needed to find, you know, some money to go to my favorite bar, the pewter mug, and I would sit at the bar and have a couple of beers. This is how poor I was. And really, maybe I wasn't even all that poor. It was just that I was just such a horrendous money manager is that I would go to the pewter mug and between five and eight, they would have like this happy hour thing where you could get like a beer for like 89 cents. And then they had this enormous popcorn machine that had this cheese popcorn. And I would basically just eat my dinner and cheese popcorn and kind of fill up on three or four of these 89 cent beers. And that was dinner. And so the other customers at the bar would recognize me and they would go, hey, it's the teacher here. He's here to fill up on his dinner. And I thought that that was funny at the time. And now I think about it. It's really relatively sad. But here's the sadder part. The sadder part is that I would sometimes walk in with with these bills and this Mary who I was trying to impress never really could be impressed by me because here was this guy coming in who obviously didn't have enough money to pay his own bills. And then he would be ridiculously absurd and ignorant enough to feel if he only sent $71 on the $108 heating bill that the utility company would not shut off his heat. And so she would look at me and she would look at the bill and she would say, well, this is not $108 and 19 cents. And I said, yeah, I know. Um, it's really all I have. So this is the only amount I'm going to send. She would go shrug her shoulders and go, okay. And then of course, one day when I got home from work, uh, there was a call on my answering machine and it was the utility company and they were threatening to shut off my heat because I had not paid my bill and winter was setting in much like today, a very bone chilling, dry, cold. And so I had kind of a heart to heart talk with myself and I said, you know, you can't have your heat shut off. So maybe you want to back off the 89 cent beers and the free popcorn on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights 
and maybe pay the heating bill? I'm grateful for Donna for teaching me how to pay my heating bill. Donna came in like a bulldog. I mean, she couldn't believe that I was in the position that I was in. I mean, really thousands of dollars in debt with credit cards. And I learned early on that, you know, these utility companies and and other uh, providers would easily take a credit card. I mean, you could pay your bills. So in my mind, I was paying my bills. And yet the credit card bill was coming in. And of course, that one I could not pay. So it took a number of years, but I'm always grateful that Donna kind of sat me down and said, um, this is not the way it's done, speaking to me like I were a child and knowing full well that that's exactly how she had to speak with me. But I can also tell you that in those days living by myself, when I finally realized that my heat was not going to be turned off, and I remember sitting on that sofa in that apartment, hearing the heat kick in, and being very grateful for that heat, and thinking about the people who did not have heat, and really wanting to knock myself on the side of the head for being so stupid. I hate winter, but I love heat. The heat is flowing down here through the basement, and it's cold down here in the basement. I work in a basement, and in the winter, it's it's more than marginally colder down here than it is in the rest of the house. And so when I descend into the basement layer every morning, I bundle up. If the weather outside is below 40, I know that it's going to be much colder in the basement, or at least it's going to feel that much colder in the basement. And so I'll routinely wear a sweatshirt underneath a hoodie, underneath something else, just until I start to warm up a little bit. But think about how many times you've been grateful for heat. When I first started riding a motorcycle, I actually rode a scooter. And I didn't really give a thought to temperature going down as the day gets longer. All I thought about was, this is cool, I get to ride a scooter. And I was riding out to my high school to watch a football game. And it was, I will say, late September, maybe early October, and the weather was still a bit warm. And so I rode my scooter out to go to the game, and I was pretty excited when I pulled into the parking space, thinking, wow, this is kind of cool. I get to ride this scooter. And people were looking at the scooter and kind of admiring the scooter. And as the game wore on, it started to get much colder. And by about the third quarter, it was kind of a runaway, and I really was anxious to kind of get back on the scooter and ride. So I said to my brother, who I attended the game with, I'm going to go back home and, uh, you know, get on the scooter and take the long way home. And he said, okay, great. So I got on the scooter and I started to ride and I was on the scooter for about 10 seconds. And I realized that I had no overcoat. I had no protective gear. I had no way to shield myself from an evening that was becoming increasingly colder. It was also becoming increasingly more foggy. And I wasn't used to riding at night. And so I learned later, of course, that when you compare the ambient temperature and then you add in the amount of wind, it dramatically drops the temperature. So when one rides on a motorcycle, one learns to prepare for these kinds of things. 
staying warm in cold weather is item number one. There's nothing more irritating than being cold, wet, or both and riding in discomfort. There's nothing worse for the rider of two-wheeled vehicles. And I got about halfway home through that ride and I literally had to pull over into a parking lot just to walk around, jump up and down to try to give myself some sense of warmth. And all I could think about the whole rest of the ride home was just getting home and getting out of the cold. It was just so damn cold, even though the air temperature maybe registered 51 degrees. It felt like 21 degrees. There's nothing worse than being cold when you don't want to be cold. My wife Donna is cold all the time. And I'm not sure whether it's you know medically induced or what, but she's just, since I've been with her, and that's been over 33 years, I'm not sure, aside from several heat waves that have come in in the summer, I'm not sure there's ever been a time where she hasn't been cold. So we always have a tendency to keep the house a little warmer than probably we normally would. But I'm reminded about how grateful it is to have heat. And I'm grateful for the ability, at least this month, to be able to pay for that heat. I've never had to bargain with a utility company about paying my bill. I never, even though I've had warnings, I've never been threatened with having my heat shut off. Of course, having my electricity shut off would be catastrophic because what I do for a living during the day requires electricity. But I've never been threatened with having my heat shut off. But I know people who have. When I was a teacher at the business college, I had private conversations with students whose heat was set to be shut off. I've given money to students in the past to try to keep their heat on because I've never really confronted a person who said that they have no heat. How it's possible for someone to live in any domicile and have their heat turned off is almost breathtaking, especially with some of the weather that we've had for the past couple of days. But I know that it happens, and it happens routinely. So while I'm sitting here in the basement in the evening with my sweatshirt on and my robe on. It's the only time I wear a robe is in the basement in the winter with our little pellet stove on and with the furnace running. And I'm still a little chilly. I'm grateful for that extra heat that we have. And I think that it's easy for us to get wrapped up in not being grateful for things like water, heat, and electricity. My friend Mark Lee Shannon brought this to my attention last week when we were talking about Thanksgiving. And I said that we were going out to deliver fudge to all of our family members. And 
he said, you know, I had to remind myself to be thankful for these basic utilities that at least this month I'm able to pay for because I was leaving a store the other day and I watched two people who were shopping in the store earlier who were talking about being low on money and watching them walk home to wherever home was. And I thought to myself, I wonder if they have the money to keep the heat on. Do they have the money to keep the electricity on? And that I should be more grateful for that and more thankful for that since it is Thanksgiving. And I mentioned that to Donna as we were driving around delivering fudge. We made a boatload of fudge, and since we weren't going to congregate with other family members for Thanksgiving, we thought it might be a good idea to just drive over to everybody's location and drop off some fudge, send them a text and say, hey, look out your front door. And so that's what we did. And as the heat was pouring out through the vents inside our car, I said to her, you know, Mark Lee Shannon said something interesting to me the other day that I really never thought about. And I probably should think about it more. That I'm able to afford this month to pay my heating bill. And that here in the studio, which is so comfortable to me, it's the most comfortable studio I've ever owned, that I should be more grateful that I'm able to supply myself with heat. I mean, if you think about it, if you didn't have air conditioning, you could probably survive. We survived the whole time as children. We never had air conditioning. Of course, I didn't know, I don't think that anybody in our house had a medical condition that would get progressively worse if the temperature progressively rose. But we just opened some windows or we just went outside and sat. And hopefully by waving a newspaper in front of your face, you were eventually going to cool off and you knew that the heat wave was eventually going to leave. But in the winter, you can't really do that. There's no way to circumnavigate the fact that you don't have a furnace in working order or you don't have a space heater to plug in or you can't always just sit in front of the oven hoping that you're going to get warm. So in this run-up to the holiday season, when we're sitting in front of our computers ordering things from Amazon because we don't want to be caught up in going to stores, we should, I think, set aside some gratitude for, for having the bare essentials, the needed essentials. And as winter approaches and as Christmas approaches, we know that in many parts of our country, heat is going to be a necessity. So in praise of heat, even though we might hate winter, we certainly enjoy having the heat that goes along with it. We're also trying to find new ways to show gratitude in the midst of the holiday season, especially since we won't be able to congregate with others and we won't be able to gather with others. 
and trying to find little and simpler ways to give a gift. And I'll be talking about gifts in the next episode of the podcast. Until then, I'm also grateful for sugar, flour, and any other concoction that my better half puts together and puts in an oven. And out of that oven emerges delectable Christmas cookies. (laughs) I'm very grateful for that, too. Here's hoping you are as safe as you can be with all of the numbers rising. And here's hoping that you enjoyed your Thanksgiving holiday as much as you can enjoy it. We certainly enjoyed driving around and delivering fudge for Thanksgiving. But with our big family, Thanksgiving certainly was not the same this year. So we're finding, hopefully, small and more defined ways to show gratitude in the midst of a pandemic. Until then, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Gratitude Journal podcast.